I am resigning as leader. There will be a great deal of agreement. There should be a new leader of that party and therefore a new prime minister. Breaking news. Comedian Shappi Corsandi has just been announced as the new Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. She's currently in high-level governmental meetings with her advisors Matt Richardson and Lauren Belcross, formulating her policies and strategy. Hello and welcome to I Am Prime Minister, the podcast that gives celebs and comedians the keys to number 10 and a chance to run the country. Shappi, it's so nice to see you. Wonderful Shappi Corsandi. Uh, congratulations on your shock victory. Thank you. Was it a shock to you? Did you ever see this in your future? I was minding my own business in my home and someone came up to my door and handed me the keys to number 10. Lovely. And I am delighted to be here. I've had a little tidy up. <laughs> I've moved a few things around. Of course. I've bought a bright pink sofa and I am replacing the curtains with blinds. <laughs> and I have also fitted a fish tank in the kitchen. Love. Have you got a fish? Did you have a fish tank in your previous property and that's why you wanted one? No, I've never <laughs> kept fish before. So I have put no fish in it. It is a tank, just an empty tank of water, which I like to watch. Are we thinking potential future Bond villain, filling it with piranhas or sharks and stuff so you can dunk the diplomatic enemies in there? That's a great idea. Yeah, maybe I'll fill it up with acid. No, we've gone to Breaking Bad straight away. Uh, well, I, this is a good time to introduce you to your brand new chief political advisor, Lauren Belcross, who's here to help you with policy, to tell you what's happened in the world before and how we can sort of guide it into the public's imagination for you. Uh, we need to start, though. It's such a sudden victory. We need to name your political party. Now, we want it to be something to do with you, something that relates to you perfectly. For example, Rosie Jones, uh, we had the very, very, very gay party. Uh, William Hansen was the nice party and Jack Skipper the what are you on about party because he didn't know anything about politics fair enough okay I'm going to be I'm obsessed with Rylan Clark okay can I call it no I won't call it the Rylan Clark party but I might I might appoint him yeah, my, yeah uh, of course a, a government job I'm going to call it the wokey McWoke party lovely the, the wokey McWoke party mokey yeah. The wokey, wokey, I, I think it's important to name it something that I struggle to say. Yeah, very good. I think good. that'll make me a more endearing in speeches. Indeed. It will make me more authentic. Yeah. Um, wokey McWoke face party. Very similar to the current Tory party, the Cokey McCoke party. That's it, the yeah. Cokey, yes. That's just Michael Gove, allegedly, of course. <laughs> um, I saw him. This was very strange. I was invited to the House of Lords. Amazing. To talk about knife crime in South London because I'd written an article about it and you will not get a less qualified person. But this MP invited me to um, talk with her about it. Right. It was very strange. I felt totally out of my depth. And so we just got shit face. Um, <laughs> and what I found really interesting was um, she was she was buying all the drinks, but it was all out of her own pocket because yeah. I assumed that they can just get shit faced on the taxpayers' money. It is but subsidised not... though, isn't it? Oh, is I it? Think. Is it subsidised? Uh, no, it's kind of one of those things where the tabloids love to say, oh, it's subsidised and they get all the deals, especially because they're not paying rent on the property because it's sort of there and yeah. the bar sort of sits there. It comes of like when they're in between votes and there's lots of votes going on or the sort of debates going on they can't all contribute to, you might as well go have a pint and then rush into a Are they voting, voting drunk then? 
Um, I think it probably has happened. Right. This was really, really interesting because Michael Gove was in there and I walked past him and it was like really interesting. It's yeah, just so course. fascinating to be behind the scenes like that. Obviously, I'm not behind the scenes now. I am the scene. Um, and he sort of looked like a caricature of himself, which I thought was fascinating. And then me and this woman just got shit faced and talked about, did not talk about knife crime at all. And then we went for a little walk around and I ended up... At this, there was lots of stuff going on about Brexit and they were all very excited and on phones and over over laptops. And then I ended up at a party in one of the rooms, which was the military people, the defence people's party, and we were necking their wine. It was one of the strangest nights of my life. Surreal. Yeah. Because you're just drinking wandering in the news. Around. Yeah. And, uh, and then I wandered off into the night. Like it hadn't or even happened almost. It was, it was one of those nights that you have as, as a comedian. Yes. That you just think, what was that even? Did that happen? And also, like, I've just written a book, right? It did not occur to me to put that incident in my book. Really? It, no. Didn't occur to me because odd things like that become quite ordinary when you are... Yeah, I suppose drunk. In, in, <laughs> in your former comedian, in your former career as a comedian, yes. I suppose you do end up in very strange situations. Like yeah. just because you can tell some jokes, you end up being invited to the House of Lords. Yeah, or some other random things. Like you're very much on the edge of everything as a comic, aren't you? Yeah, and and people aren't. Um, it's very very different to being an actor or or, or a rock star because they sort of hold themselves a little bit aloof. Um, but our whole market, the, the, our whole art, yeah. it's not high art, but it's art. It, yeah, it, it's, it, art. it's by connecting with everyone, right? So we, we're not aloof. We're the opposite of aloof, yes. I think. And yeah, and we're curious and we like to be in the room in Dirty Dancing where the staff are. Yes. Where the real dancing's going Absolutely. on. Where there's no airs and graces. So... I, I couldn't agree more. Can I put a room like that at my Downing Street? A you room. can have anything you want. Oh, my God. Yeah. I just want a room full of people dancing 24 hours a day. Obviously not the same people, but on, on a rotor. It's a sort of civil service rotor. You can sort of rotate one of the departments into it. You know, the cabinet office is right next door to number 10. So you can sort of get a few civil servants boffins to sort of be on dancing rotors. Yes. So, or do you want to sort of to make it more efficient? Do you want your officials who are briefing you to be dancing whilst briefing you. That's a fantastic idea Perfect. because it will retain my interest. Yeah. Because if someone's telling me something that I am not interested in, like if they use the word IT mm. or technology, my ADHD brain goes away. But if they're dancing as they do that, it retains my attention. How would we vary the dances with the seriousness of the topic? Surely discussed? it should be an interpretive dance based on the department you work in. Mm, so the Department mm. of Defence have quite, you know, sort of uh, strange kind of defensive dance. Yes. Department of Transport, some sort of, you know, conga line because it's like a train. You know, little things like that. That keeps you interested. That would be the only it? way to get through a briefing on transport is have officials doing the conga whilst explaining the cost of RHS2. Yes. yes, I think that would work. I think that's a really good idea. You know, uh, the foreign affairs, you could have d dances from all over the world. Yeah. I'll be honest, guys. I was just 
imagining a, a room full of really beautiful dancers just you writhing can, around. And then at that. any point, if I wanted a little, just a little bit of a respite, I can go into this room, have a dance. You want and a nightclub within 10 Downing Thank Street? Thank you, yes. Okay, that's fine. You can have it. You're Thank welcome. You. You just, we'll, just, we'll talk to the donors and see yeah, if they yeah. can fund it. Yeah, why not? I mean, I'll do without wallpaper, but I want my nightclub. No, that's fine. You're allowed it. You know, Ryland... Is it Ryland Clark has a nightclub in his house? I might have made you that You really up. love Ryland Clark, I'm don't a, you? Do you know what? In my book, I think I mention Ryland more than I mention my mother. Have you ever met Ryland? Yes. Do you know Ryland well? No. Okay. But I have met him on a TV show and he knows I'm obsessed with him. And he said to my daughter, because I took my daughter to meet her real father, and um, he was like, I think it's your mum outside my house at night time. I think it's her looking up at my window. It is her, I think. Just just hold still. Hold still. She won't, you know, whatever. He was very cute and adorable. And well, look, I, maybe this is this leads us in nicely to, we want to set up a government department for you. Any government department you like, maybe we should have the Ministry of Clark and everyone is sort of like fed Ryland Clark in their lives. Absolutely, because he is... Um, um, very wise. Okay. He's a very wise person. Yep. And he's very professional and his work ethic is second to none. Yep. But he's also very compassionate and fair. I think you're right in that he's hardworking. Mm. He um, he embodies a lot of what is good about the British people. He's come from nothing and he's made something of himself. And I think a lot of people could see that. I think he is... Um, Whoever booked him to do Radio Two, I can't. Mm. Is it? I can't remember the producer's name, but I think that was such a genius move, because there are so few representatives from a working class background who absolutely have not tried to change themselves, are unapologetic about their. Um, place in life and uh, where they've come from and uh, unapologetic about their ambition and all of that. And I really like him for that because I was very different to that. Um, I started to talk posh mm. um, at a, quite a young age because I was like, oh, I didn't want people to know about like the school. Like, I don't know, I had a lot of hang-ups and about how foreign I was and all, you know, how... Um, I was, you know, free school dinners kid. And then in the comedy circuit, everyone was like Oxbridge. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not like that at all. But I did, uh, I thought I can't. You hid it when you should have been proud of it. Well, but at different times. Different times. But different someone times. like Ryland could hopefully uh, inspire other people to be, to be, you know, proud of themselves. Yeah, because I think his accent's beautiful. And I think his accent is as beautiful as like a, you know, accent from Newcastle oh, in terms yes. of this is this is a culture, this is a people, this is a history. Um, it's beautiful. It's a proper sort of East End gone to Essex accent. Mm. You can still hear proper East End in it. I didn't mean to talk about Ryland this much. No, no, look, we're That's setting fine. up a department around him. Really? That is absolutely fine. Okay. Um, right. This does, uh, I need to ask Lauren though, in, in previous times, has there ever been a big celebrity that's been involved in government like this? Apart from Donald Trump, obviously, is the famous Trump. reality star who's ended up in government. And I guess Esther McVeigh was a TV Esther presenter. McVeigh, TV I presenter. did a comedy course with her. What? Mm. Well, we need to hear about this. Yeah, back in the day, yeah, I did a stand-up comedy course, and um, the same one as like Simon Evans did that course, oh, and Jimmy goodness. Carr did that course, Jill Edwards's course. That's right. Good shout out for Jill there. Thank you. And then I'm not Jill, but thank you. No, well, um, it's, it's... and she, um, 
she was part of our gang. No And wow. we were all quite excited because she'd been a TV presenter mm. and we were like, oh, you're a superstar. And she drank and she was very nice in that we were, you know, we were all kind of young, just fresh out of university or whatever and going to get rounds. And she goes, no, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll get this because I drink Jack Daniels and Coke and that's an expensive drink. And I liked her for that. Yeah. But then what we found out was that she had no intention of becoming a comic. She did the course and then she did... Um, an article about it. So she was researching it all. Right. And I thought, oh, you can sit with us and lie to our faces and let us feel safe in your company, sharing about how we feel about this, about our ambitions and all of that. And I went, oh, you turncoat. That's t- like, I would feel really cheated. Yeah. yeah. That's really like, I would feel really sort of like hard done by by that. Yeah, because at least say I'm I'm a journalist mm. and this is what I'm doing. That would have been fine. You'd have all been happy with that. You know, we're, we're not we're not football hooligans. Yeah. You don't need to go covert. Did you write? <laughs> investigation. Did you write any sort of anything outrageous about you guys? I don't remember reading it. It was different times. Right. It wasn't online. I would have had to make an effort to go and find it. <laughs> I've got ADHD. <laughs> I've only just finished watching Black Books. <laughs> I know. I never watched TV in the 90s. I was always out. Yeah, of course you and were. And I didn't know how Gigging, to work. you're doing everything. You're yeah. having a great time. In the pub. Yes. Right, so we're going to move on to some other departments now. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, the education department and what you'd like to do there. So do you have any big ideas or should we work through? Tell us about your education to begin with. This is what I'm going to say about my education. When I was writing my book, Scatterbrain... The it was about it's about late diagnosis ADHD. The producer had to very politely say to me after about a year of my writing, "Could we get out of your secondary school now?" Oh, really? Because I um, had a bad time at school. Yeah, and I got four GCSEs, but they were all like A's. Okay. That's quite classic ADHD. Very good grades in the things you liked. Yeah. And and I had a tough time at school because all my friends were the super, super clever kids. Mm. But I got put in the really low bands uh, with kids who just wanted to beat you up because they had a shit time at home. So they would come in on a Monday baying for the blood of... Kids like me who were really small and wanted to do drama. And we didn't have drama at our school. So I would enforce drama Mm. at every single school from infancy. Right. So you were like the driver behind any dramatic productions. Well, yeah, I did for our school music festival. Even though I was really like bullied, I wrote a play. And all the scary girls wanted to be in my play. And this one really scary girl said to me, she came up to me so threatening. Make my part bigger. Make it bigger. And I was like, okay. And I was just like um, making her part bigger, like some sort of like, I don't know, 16th century. Bullied into creativity. Yeah. Composer. <laughs> that I have to. Yes. And so I made her part bigger. And it was the best thing I did at school. It was the only thing I did at school that was of any note whatsoever. And um, and it was for a music festival and there was no music in it. And I love my teachers for letting me do that. Um, so I didn't have a good time and I didn't... I always felt like I was a nerd without portfolio. So I wasn't looked after. And then what happened was... <laughs> That's really... <laughs> I um, had a chance meeting with one of my old teachers uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah. 
And I said, uh, he goes, Chaparac, do you remember me? And I said, yes, that school messed me up. And he goes, I know, would you like to have a, a cup of tea? So I had a cup of tea with him and he said, um, I want to apologise to you because um, we let you and a lot of other kids slip through the net. You didn't fail at school because of your ADHD or because your parents were foreign or whatever. Mm. Um, all the things that he'd heard me talk about, um, you failed because we failed you. And yeah. Steve McQueen... Um, the director? Did, yeah, he went to my school. He was in the year above me. Oh, my goodness. And he had a very similar experience at that school where he was written off. Um, and so now I've just started a master's in um, wow. psychotherapy. Wow. Really? So I've just finished my first essay and I, I'm just embracing the SWAT. Oh, really? Yeah, because I wasn't able to be the SWAT I was born to be. And both my children are SWATs. Okay. And watching how they thrive at school and they enjoy school. And I'm like, that's what I, it should have been like for me. So I think it's, as Prime Minister, yep. my number one priority yep. is to make sure we have schools that children feel excited about being at i want every single child in the country to willingly get out of bed and go to school to have something at school that they look forward to yes and school must not be a means to an end school must be about today great are you going to have a good time today child this is not about focus on your gcse's and then your a levels and then your university and then your career because for my own children, I said to them, this is what my dad said to me finally, which made things bearable at school. When I finally told him what a horrible time I was having, he said, I was about 14 by this time. He said, anytime you want to leave, here's Tempe, go to the core box in the school corridor and call me, I'll come pick you up. And I never did. But, but knowing so, you could. Yeah. And I've said to both my oh. children, any morning you wake up and you don't want to go to school, you don't have to. Mm. And neither of them have ever taken me up on it because I think it's so important to make kids know that they deserve to have a good day. Right. Yeah. That's so important. And I say to them, like, your teachers are adults and they are human and they can mess up if they talk to you rudely, if they humiliate you in front of other kids, if they call you stupid or lazy, whatever, they're in the wrong. You don't take on those words. Oh, it's so important to me. In fact, I'm going to do away with the army. I'm going to do away with transport. We don't need any of those things. All we need is kids who are happy to be in school. Yeah, because then I guess you get kids that do great things afterwards. Or not, <laughs> you know, but... I, At least yeah. give them the chance. Yeah, I think our school systems need a massive overhaul. I think that faith schools are insane... It's yep. insane that we all pay tax for schools that our children are exempt from because of our religion or not religion. Yes. I mean, I've never really thought about faith. I mean, look, this is very interesting. Has there ever been any any sort of attempt to abolish faith schools at all? I think there have been sort of... Every time there's been discussion, so I think under the Blegum there was sort of discussion of doing something, but I think it's such a political hot potato that no-one would dare go anywhere near yeah. or dare abolish any sort of faith schools because I think, you know, it would upset such a huge constituency of voters. I think, however, that there are now 
they're not allowed to properly exclude um, uh, people who aren't of that particular denomination. Okay. So there are... Um, no, they do, they do though. They, they have, are allowed. They're allowed to, but they have to have certain quotas of people who... It's sort of not it's completely still, excluded. It's right, still this, that this is of, the thing. So I am vice president of Humanist UK, right? Yes. And we campaign against faith schools. And they are... My daughter goes to um, a school and the next door primary school is a selective state school and we don't have a religion so I couldn't even apply for her to go there as someone with no religion because if you have no religion then you are you're not even a person if if I was Muslim she might have stood a chance but we're we're we don't have a religion oh well no and I remember calling the council going well it's a catholic school and I was like well can I have the forms for that please Kind of really passive aggressive with the yeah. poor person at the council that picked up the phone. Um, I said, you know, this is really bonkers. Yeah. So I that system is bonkers. Yeah. And even if they go, we need um, a small percentage from either school. Now that you have faith schools mm. that aren't selective, and so they make kids who are Jewish, Sikh, no religion, go to school with a you know Christian symbol on their blazer. Why do you want? Or if you're being told, you know, as a child of a different denomination or no religion, that, you know, actually, uh, you're going, you who are not of this religion, you're going to hell. Well, also, I mean, I went to a Church of England primary school and, like, my parents are not religious in any way. And, you know, I think about it now, like, we sang the Lord's Prayer every day. Like, I could, you know, we we had a song, we sang it in the assembly every day. And, like, there there was a Sikh boy in my class and things. And they went and they were just... You know, six years old singing this essentially propaganda. Mm. It's, it is weird when you think about it, isn't it? Now, I went to a Church of England school. Well, it wasn't a Church of England school, but what you described was just the norm yeah. in the 70s. So at my primary school, we plough the fields and scatter the good seed on the land. And we yeah. did all the hymns and we said grace. And I loved it as a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really, I'm not against that just not in education not in education and also i think these days if you're going to have that in school then you have to adopt it from different religions too yeah and you have to allow kids who have no religion to have a say in class about Mm. morality and um be included in conversations about uh you know philosophical discussions and all of this but at the moment that it's 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 really slow but um, look, I mean, these are considering our Father in heaven, hallowed be yeah, thy yeah. name. Thy, thy kingdom, kingdom yeah, yeah. come, thy will be done. we're going to encounter is we're then, as government, going to have to create equivalent of hymns created by the state. Well, look, no, I just think we just do we just do some covers. That's yeah. all you need. Ooh. You just you know you get yourself a great on, song. Bridge over troubled water. Let's have let's have a policy where we implement uh, that um, that non-religious. Hymns, non-religious hymns. I'm lo- yeah, great. So, bridge over troubled water is one. Um, I think living on a prayer. Yeah, great yeah, one. Yeah. That's what I'd have kids, a load of five-year-olds, sing that. Be great fun. And also, yeah. it's about prayer. So, take it. You know, caters to. Yeah, well, you know, no, because it's got the word. Maybe it's maybe it's a it's exempt because it has the word prayer in it. No, no it caters to all denominations. Yeah, you yeah, specify true. the denomination of prayer. Freed from desire from, uh, by Gala. <laughs> 
Um, I think that's an I want I want to see six year olds bouncing. <laughs> my love ain't got it was pretty brilliant. Hey, look, my wh- mom ain't got the money. She's got a And then what we can do is school trips into Ten Downing Street and they can sing it in your nightclub as you dance. Absolutely. Perfect. Perfect. Look, I'm loving this. Pops uh, common people. Oh, I'm on a roll. Great yeah. stuff. Look, I think this is great education yeah. uh, so far. Lots of serious points in there. Every child should enjoy every day at school. I know, I really got carried away. I with think that, that is one. a great thing to say. Yeah. Uh, no more religion in schools, like let's make it non-denominational. And non-religious hymns. Every child should enjoy a banger. Every child should enjoy a banger. That's a great one. We're going to move on now to our next department. Imagine. Uh, we're going to move on to food and rural affairs. Okay. Now, um, I am interested in your food history. Are you a big foodie? Love food. I love yeah. eating. So, you know, obviously, I think food and rural affairs. You're a Londoner, though. You're sort of, uh, you've lived in London a long time. You, yes. You've lived here, well, how long have you lived since you were very young, I believe? I've lived in London all my life, apart from... Three years at university when I was in Winchester. Great. Okay. So with that, I think, uh, you know, rural affairs, we can leave that for a bit. But Well, actually, no, because... Well, no, I think think that meat will become a thing of the past. You know, they're... Are you a meat eater? I am... I am but not really. vegan curious. Yeah, me too. I try my best to have plant-based. But if I go to someone's dinner, a house for dinner, I, I don't be rude. I don't say because I think I um you know they they're gonna in a couple of years um uh, do- eating dogs is dog meat is going to be banned in, in Korea, Korea yeah. right? Now, for some Koreans um that's kind of wild. Yeah, of course. But they've moved with their culture. The young people have, you know, their culture is different. And I reckon that's going to happen worldwide eventually with meat. Mm. So we need to prepare for that. Yeah. So um, I think that in the agricultural industry, yep. I think we should... Uh, I'm going to hand this over to you because I've, I've just run out of steam because I don't know anything about agriculture or farming. <laughs> well, we need to the, move, the worry to... I have here is, you know, you sort of talked a good game of, you know, vegan curious, wanting to eradicate this. Am I going to have to be worried of, you know, front page of tabloid newspapers, you with a big sort of T-bone on the grill whilst announcing Are there these photos policies? of you at barbecues? That's what we need to know. Do we need to head this off at the past? Are there going to be da- photos of big Downing Street cookouts that we're going to find out? Oh, that's really difficult. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, I was at a, I was at stag night. I was going to say at stag night. I was at a hen party. I was very young. I'm a different person now. Yeah, but I think I'm going to own that. Yeah, yeah I think you yeah, should because yeah. you yeah. move with the times, different times. Yes, I think I'm going to own any past misdemeanors. Look, and I think that they there is a. I think the big thing that I would, as a comedian who is also like trying to eat less meat, we need to get a policy involved. Service stations need better options if you're not going to have a disgusting ham sandwich. That would make life much easier, I think, for people to be vegan. Because yeah. it feels like veganism is everywhere now. Every restaurant, there's a decent vegan option. Until you get to a welcome break, and then it's like they've never heard of veganism. They've never heard of veganism. And Although it's upsetting. I think Greg's are about to open like 50 million more branches this year, and they've got that one sausage run. I'm sure they've got more vegan food. But... Whole food is really difficult to buy, actually. Mm. Food that hasn't been processed. And that's really important because that will affects all our health. Um, because my, I, 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 I want to say I read a book about this. Of course I didn't. My friend read a book about this and made me feel bad about eating the pizza I was eating. <laughs> so I'm going to ban reading books. Ban, right, OK, that's yep. a really... Ban reading books. Yeah. Or ban telling your friends about the books you've read. Ban, yes. 
Thank you. You can read whatever you like, but you're never allowed to tell people. Absolutely. Yeah, because that does happen a lot, doesn't it, now? Yeah. Like, your friend reads one book and they become an expert on whatever oh. it is that you're doing wrong. It's worse Absolutely. than that. It's more your friend reads something on social media and then preaches about it without having read the book, which I think is more of an I've got one friend who every five minutes he has, like, a brand new, like, sort of, you know... Uh, crusade he's on right. and it's always about something we're all doing wrong and he thinks and he gives you all these facts and figures and I go you spent 25 minutes listening to a podcast you're no better yeah. than me yeah. you think you know better because you listen to a podcast you didn't even finish it I bet do you oh. know what podcasts have taken taken the place of actual research yeah they really yeah. have yeah we don't go our own way anymore no. it's really interesting what, what does Stephen Bartlett think that's basically all this is now yeah what did Roy Stewart and uh, Alistair Campbell say? That's what I think as well now. That's that's it. That's all you need to do. It's just such I a like... siloing of anything, you know, you sort of read stuff that or listen to stuff that reinforces your own views and it's like, oh yeah, of course, oh. this so-and-so said so. Oh, I mean, so the annoying. people that are listening to this podcast right now, they're fools. You're an idiot. You, you turn it off. At... Go outside. <laughs> Get a life. Go do something less boring yeah, instead. Yeah, come on. Stop running or whatever it is people do when they listen to podcasts. I'm not sure. I just do it when I'm driving. I do, yeah, I do it when I'm driving. A running. lot of driving podcasts. I like that. So, um, I mean, it's quite a left field um, food and rural affairs policy to ban talking about any book you've read. Yes. But I like it. I like Thank that you. it's come from somewhere good that you felt you were being, you were having a worse time for because of your friend. Because you're eating yeah. pizza and you should be allowed to eat pizza without someone guilting you. Yeah, absolutely. And do you know, we're all addicted to sugar. I yes. went on I'm a, I'm on I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. The first thing that happened was everyone got a mad headache because the of sugar, sugar withdrawal. withdrawal. Wow. No way. And no painkiller was helping. I was like, this is insane. And we all had a massive bonsake because of sugar withdrawal. It was frightening. Oh, my Crikey. goodness. Because people used to eat fruit, fruit as dessert, as, as, as a sweet. But now an apple does not taste sweet to us because no. we've got quality streets. And we've got our, the hamburger buns, brioche. It's, it's confectionery. Yeah. <laughs> we eat our hamburgers with uh, confectionery bread. So all of that, I think sugar has to be... Um, not banned. No, that's probably a bit too extreme. There'd be riots if Class you banned B, sugar. Class B drug. Class B drug. Okay, so you can only get sugar from a 19-year-old on a Vauxhall Corsa who says he'll be 20 minutes and then he's 45. Absolutely. Okay, fine. Oh, and yeah. legalise. Can we legalise drugs? Yeah, oh, so we can sure. legalise drugs, but put sugar as a Class B. Yes. Okay, great. It's part of the rural affairs. They're growing it where, you know... In warehouses now. What, so but also we should do, I think for, you know, given we're sort of <laughs> proposing maybe banning some meats, we should do, to sweeten it to the farming community, do instead of the carrot and the stick, the carrot and the carrot. We want to subsidise more vegetables for everybody. Okay, yeah, so fine. So we get the meat. The people are unhealthy. We want sort of more veg. And also to, given we're going to be a slightly more lefty administration, I get the feel, we're going to do wonky veg for everyone. Wonky veg for everyone. what to do. Look, I'm going to say this. I think rather than ban meat, look, I'm going to take a, a leaf out of South Korea's book. Um, we're not going to ban meat when an animal a cat or a dog a rabbit whatever is taken to the vet to be put down after it's put down it is then made into meat to be eaten then it gets both sides of yeah, it I'm not then eating you, a dead you, cat but you knock I'm yourself out I do out. not want to eat problem. an XL <laughs> just me on that one then. I okay, don't, fine, do I'll not want an XL bully burger you don't, an um, XL bully burger oh my goodness speaking uh, of dogs I think we should have a department that is run by a pack of friendly dogs. A, just a pack of friendly dogs. Yeah. And what department do you think would be best run by them? The foreign office? People the would love that. The foreign office. Yeah. They would love. And I know some good dogs. I know Mabel the Labrador. Um, and she would be very, very good at uh, diplomacy. Yeah. Um, you have a dog, don't you? I have a dog. Um, Taylor is very kind. Mm. 
Jamie just poos everywhere. So I think Jamie okay. is, should be sort of... Uh, maybe we can give Jamie a, a job in the bar. Minister without portfolio? Minister without portfolio. And, and, and we'll get a really sensible St Bernard's to take over the Reform Party. Great. So dogs are going to run most of the political parties and most of these departments? Yes. <laughs> We're going to move on to science and technology. Right. Now, um, what, are, you a, you're, are you a science person or are you a, a, a person of art? So I used to sit in physics class at mm. school and I used to go, come on, chap, come on, he's speaking English. You can do it. You can keep up. No, gone, gone. He might as well have been speaking... Um, Another language. Arapaho, yeah. Okay, fine. Um, and I struggle because my son... And daughter are very sciencey. Interesting. Oh, I struggle with that. Is their dad sciencey? Mm, yes, their okay. dad and, and my dad, uh, and they do both. Their dad, um, his my my son's dad's a musician, mm. and my um, my dad is a poet. But they've got a real scientific brain. That's and not so fair. When they tried, they come home from school excited about some science, and they they want. If it's biology, I'm fine. Mm. If it's physics. I'm like, stay in the room, stay in the room, stay in the room. How does it work? Does it, do they, if they sort of come to you for help with homework, do you have to sort of do your own revision before that to try and even vaguely help them? Or is it is there a way to style it out? They've they've learned not to come to me okay. with uh, science or maths homework. In lockdown, um, my six-year-old daughter witnessed me crying because I couldn't do her maths. Oh, no. It was really sad. So her big brother had to come and uh, help her with her maths and I've got dyscalculia yeah which I don't know why I'm saying it like that I can't I can't do maths no and and physics is too mathsy yes so I'm sciencey I forgot what we were talking about why are we talking about science uh, we're doing science and technology is the next part uh, we're just going to yeah, come up with some right. policy the word for. technology yeah um, makes me want to fold my body into 300 pieces I don't okay. know why I'm I'm a big fan of quills and abacuses. Right, OK. I do mm. think technology's gone too far as well. I think that's an interesting policy for you to take to the people. I wrote, an, I just finished an essay and handing it in online, because you can't email it. No. You've got to go through some fancy way where they check it for plagiarism. Turn it in. Turn it in! Ugh. You know about Turnitin. Yeah. Can we ban Turnitin? Yeah, Turnitin's banned, gone into That the was ether. the hardest part of my essay, apparently, was handing it in. Apparently, like, there's university professors who are now having, like, the president of Harvard has had her work put through, and it turns out she's plagiarised a load of stuff and had to resign because of it. So if university lecturers aren't doing it, then, uh, you know, wow. why should we have to do it? No, Turnitin's gone. Bring back the quill. Yeah. I think, I think, I think good... that is, I think, you know, let's get rid of technology. Yeah. We were all happier without it. The only thing good about technology is when, like in the olden days, if you move from um, Yorkshire to London, mm. then you could never see your family again. Yeah. Like, I don't like the whole donkey and trap mode of transport. No. Should we sort of settle on steam trains? Steam trains are quite cool. Yeah, so... yeah. I mean, like technology-wise, like, look, this is what I'm thinking. We keep modern trains are fine. Yes. But I think we should row back a lot of technology 10, 15 years because we still had fast trains 15 years ago, but there was no Twitter. Like, I think, mm. yeah. you know, things were much simpler. Everyone was happier when the most you had was a Nokia 3310. Can we still have WhatsApp groups? Because it's quite handy. Mm. Yeah. OK. Interesting. When um, you need to change plans. Yeah. Yeah. To yeah. be able to text also, people. I mean, 
this this sounds look, I'm I'm not even that young anymore. But you know, you, when you used to go meet someone in a bar and they did, they were late, you just had to sit there with your thoughts. Oh, the faith that you just had to hope they hadn't been murdered. Yeah, and you didn't have anything to look at. You just had to sit there. Or if no. you like brought a book with you, which no one yeah. does nowadays. No, that that's really um, that's really interesting. I found this uh, old photo of like me in the seventies, and me and my brother both had a book with us. And that's so normal because you didn't have any other way to yeah, entertain yourself if you're dragged around your parents. And my daughter, she um, reads uh, only because she doesn't have a phone. So we went to a wedding. In fact, we went when I met Rylan. <laughs> Him again. Full um, circle of Rylan. We were in the makeup room. It was on uh, It Takes Two. And mm. she was sat in the corner reading her book. And everyone's going, oh, she's a reader. How wonderful. People are like, oh, there's a child reading. And it's like, it's normal. She yeah. just doesn't have a phone and we're adults who bore her. Yeah. She's just bored. That's, that's why she's reading. That's her only option. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah. Well, look, I think that, that. that's interesting because I am a pretty big reader. I read a lot. Only because my girlfriend reads a lot, so it's made me read a lot. Because we'll be watching telly, and she'll go, oh, "I just want to read my book." book. So I go, yeah. "I'll read my book as well." Then, yeah. so um, I think maybe legally everyone has to have a book on them at all times. Yes. You know, if you are found, if you're stopped and searched by the police, and there's no book, that's immediately a fine, yeah. fixed penalty notice, straight up. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. And I think you've, reading is important. I think what's happened with smoking. Do you remember when it was unthinkable to have a smoking ban? Like you go into a restaurant and they'd go smoking or non-smoking side or yeah, the cinema. Yeah. I think in the future we should implement a no phone zones. I think on in trains, pubs, no in, pubs in public. Oh my god! Because there yeah. is that. What is it? Samuel Smith, the brewers. You're not allowed on your phone yeah. in their pubs. Yeah, yeah. they have a no phone. Ba- they have a no phone rule in their pubs. No phones. They don't play music and yeah. there's no swearing. That's what they have in their pubs. And you're meant to sit there and talk to your friends and have a nice time. And not and that, swear. You're not, you're not meant to swear in their pubs. They don't like that. Swearing I, I, is fun, though. I imagine they kind of don't want you to don't swear enforce. at their staff. Yeah, yeah. I, I, maybe, maybe, maybe. with yeah, the enforcement yeah. of that one, um, maybe. Look, this is, I think what, what I like about your technology department is it's all about reversing things that need to be reversed. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned pubs. Yes. Because they're shutting down at such an yeah. alarming rate. Yep. And I think pubs are really critical. Mm-hmm. They're my favourite places. And... We need to have more interesting non-alcoholic drinks in pubs. Yeah. Have food other than gastropub food. And how can we make our budget so that it doesn't cost an arm and a leg to go to the pub and have an evening there? Let's subsidise pubs. Brilliant. Every single pub now needs to be designated as an asset of community value. Only if, and only if, and this is a big if, and it's, you know, for them to buy by, no phones, no music, People chatting and enjoying each other, all reading. Well, why don't we look? There's a simple way of doing this. We'll find the money elsewhere. Let's just get rid of alcohol duty. That yeah. should that should really make it cheap. So I think that's a good way of just getting people in. But also, you know, let's really subsidise non-alcoholic drinks so everyone can enjoy the pub no matter yeah. what you want to do. I mean, I don't know about... I mean, would alcohol... Obviously, I don't want any... Like, I don't want to... I don't think it would make people drink more. I think what, if it would, was cheaper? Yeah, I think it would... I think it would make people... Um, because people drink a lot of... Right, right. Can we enforce psychotherapy for everyone? <laughs> okay, so a little bit of health policy there as well. Yes, in her, I think it should be as easy to get a psychotherapist on the NHS as it is... I can't think of anything that's pizza. easy to get on the NHS. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that the NHS should um, give out uh, free psychotherapy the way they do um, let's make it the as easy. B- birth control pill. Let's make it as easy as getting a takeaway. Let's call it Uber Speaks. Uber and you go, 
and you get to go in. We'll, you know, we'll farm it out to the private sector, and they can everyone can get a psychotherapist. Look, I love this. We've gone into because that's why people drink because their heads. So if not everyone's right. happy, they drink for the right reasons, and they only have a couple. Yeah, You've, I love that you're dealing with the problems before they arise in these things as well. That's why you should have and therapy. Just to be safe, we'll jack up the VAT on white lightning and all the sort of big three liter bottles of cider. Anything disgusting? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The the drink the booze you only drink to get absolutely smashed. You got a bit right. So my dad's a big boozer mm. and people that fall over drunk in this room and he goes, amateur drunks. They're amateur <laughs> drunks. You'll never know my dad's shit face. The more shit face he gets, the more philosoph- philosophical he gets. Oh, really? <laughs> then he'll go and he goes, this is to enjoy alcohol. You must respect <laughs> I love that. alcohol. You must respect your mind. You must respect your thoughts. And if alcohol changes your personality, then you're drinking wrong. Yep, I agree. Yeah, yeah wise yeah. man. Very wise man. I, I mean, this to get is... drunk with your dad, actually. Yeah, I bet he's great to get... to get drunk with. Yeah, don't hang around for his hangover, but yeah. You no, know, fair enough. Look, so we've got some policy here over technology. Uh, we're going to go back to Quill and Abacus. Yes. No more turn it in. Turn it is turn it in is banned from now Forever. in universities. Thank you. Uh, we're going to go back to thirty three tens, but have WhatsApp groups, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, and then we're going to move on to a, a phone ban in pubs, and we are going to subsidise all pubs. As well, which is not a technology thing. We'll work out where that goes. And in your health, uh, in your health policy, there, everyone can get psychotherapy easily. It's the yeah. easiest thing to get on the NHS through Uber Speaks. That's it. Look, this sounds great. I'm very, very happy with these policies. Um, I do have to say, as we're moving on, as a comedian term prime minister, do you think humour is going to come into your premiership a lot? Um. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. In a sort of. Hugh Grant in a Love Action way, <laughs> I think humour will be permitted. Not, though, Hugh, not Hugh Grant with the escort way, so that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I probably won't bonk the staff. Fair. Well, um, with all those hot dancers, though. Oh, mate, I I wish I wish I wasn't dead inside to all that. But you know, that's a, a matter for another day. <laughs> that's good. It sort of makes we're going we're going to have a scandal-free administration because you know, of your internal death. Do you know who I'd like to? get with go he's on. like someone like Tinky Winky like just someone that I could just because you could go, watch the telly while you're having sex <laughs> no someone that I could just go no one of the ha-hoos from what um, are the ha-hoos oh my god In the Night Garden they've got these characters in In the Night Garden called the ha-hoos oh my goodness I'm just looking at it now they're these massive <laughs> sort of inflatable stars and yeah, that's oh, it. Oh, my God. <laughs> all they do, Matt, is they just go, ah, oh, that's all they do. It's so relaxing. I want. I used to want Indiana Jones, but now I want, ah, oh, that's what I want to do. That's, that's the man I want to date. So if there is anyone that is star-shaped out there and filled with helium, please get in touch. We'll get MI6, GCHQ and uh, Porton down on it. Yeah. Lovely. Well, look, uh, that's plenty for us to be getting on with, Prime Minister. <laughs> we will uh, we'll leave. We'll get a speech ready to announce these policies in the morning. Um, if the public are listening and they want to hear more about you, uh, they can get your book, Scatterbrain, How I Finally Got Off the ADHD Roller Coaster and Became the Owner of a Very Tidy Sock Drawer, which is out already. Yes, it's out and the paperback will be coming out um, later this year and I'm going to take it, I'm going to do a little book stand-up comedy tour. Fantastic. When does that start? Well, I only decided to a week ago. Okay, so at some point in 2024. Um, 
Yes, in awesome 2024. Fantastic. And um, I'm on Instagram and I'm trying to... I'm trying to build more of a following on Instagram yep. because Twitter's no fun I anymore. I follow you on Instagram. Thank you. I don't, and, and I will now. And um, I'm on that, so if you followed me, follow me there. It would make me um, like really happy. Great, Prime Minister. Thank you very much. Thank you. I am Prime Minister is a viral tri production. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube at I am PM. <laughs> <laughs>